mountains God bless the people, it's them I can count on God willing, there'll be no miscounting Let's upgrade America, prepare to download It's Route 2020 Powers within your vote, ride with me. Upgrade America. Be sure and tell your foes. Share this. Upgrade America. Clean it up, coast to coast. Yeah. Upgrade America. There's still a chance for hope. 2020. Upgrade America. There's power within the vote. What's up, world? And all our upgraders. I'm Cameron Ra independent 2020 presidential candidate and host and executive producer of Upgrade America, the greatest show on earth. We discuss current events, politics, and entertainment as well as ways to, I gotta say it again, Upgrade America. I'm joined by the great CJ Baselay. It's goody, bro. Yo, reporting live from Marion, South Carolina, 843 Swamp Fox Country. Y'all know what it is. So here we are. I'm in my car, obviously. So we're we doing Upgrade America on the road. <laughs> yeah, we're mobile. We adapt. We simplify all that good stuff. You know, we're Air Force, not Marines. But yo, I want to do a big shout out to LeBron James and his media company, Spring Hill. We're going to be reaching out to you and your staff to discuss the future of, just can't stop saying it, Upgrade America. Shout out to Kanye West. While I'm not a fan of your music, I do applaud your political endeavors. Kanye, like myself, is independently running for president of the United States. More power to you. At this point, if you do decide to vote for him or myself, you'll have to write our names on the ballot. While you have the civic duty to vote, you also have the responsibility to run for office if the other candidates are reckless or unqualified. So yeah, get some, Kanye. Oh, yeah. I got two middle fingers for the KKK and all the other hate groups that are out there making terrorist threats against the black communities. So, yeah, your supporters can go smoke on a shotgun or go hang yourself. Enough of that. I got a humongous shout out to the NFAC, your armed takeover of Stone Mountain. And this is a landmark for the Ku Klux Klan. It, it nearly brought a tear to my eye. I want the heart of the Ku Klux Klan to hear me no matter where the fuck you are. I'm in your house. That's right. Where you at? You made a threat. We don't threat. We don't scare. Cause we don't care. And we don't fuck around. You threaten us, we gonna threaten you. You said you gonna start shooting me black people at eight o'clock, we gonna start shooting white people at 805. Threat counter threat. Cause threats don't mean shit to us. Y'all been threatening us since Birmingham. I ain't seen shit. When is July the 4th? And all you scary ass Negroes that passed that shit around. Look at what the fuck you did. You made blacks come out. I don't see no white militia. So to the boogie boys, the three percenters, and all the rest of you scared ass rednecks. We here. Where the fuck you at? We in your house. Let's go. NFAC, motherfucker. It was glorious to see, uh, you know, all these black people united, armed, and ready to rip apart these yellow belly racist cowards hiding under bedsheets making terrorist threats. It's 2020. People really need to get over this racism. It's very unproductive. On a lighter note, I'd save 15% on car insurance. Not really. But over to you, CJ. <laughs> How's your road trip, and what are we talking about today? 
Uh, all right, road trip, uneventful. Met some. Uh, met up with my fellow defender. Cool. Zeus, shout out to you. Um, and his wife, lovely wife. Met up with a Twitter follower. Well, admire. We both follow each other. That was interesting. Um, what else? Checking in the hotel was kind of interesting because it's Rona time, so I was kind of curious how that was gonna go. It went pretty smooth. Um, what else? The trip was pretty interesting. The Why one thing, uh, some white dude gave me fifty dollars <laughs> the gas station randomly. <laughs> um, he gave me a card. Damn, I don't have the card, but it was basically like pay it forward, do a good deed. I guess somebody had died, like. Um, a daughter niece or something the chick was 17 so i was like oh okay so that was strange because i was kind of on high alert you know we've been at fbcon charlie for a while yeah or, so, a little towards delta yeah with the july and everything but i'm um, glad you made it to, uh, you, to your destination sick that's a great yeah thing. yeah and then i was a little concerned with the fireworks i don't do well with fireworks since mm. afghanistan so um Bro, they sound so much like all the yes. way we were trained to uh, to utilize. It's like I'm thinking, yo, it's like a shootout. Oh, never mind. It's just that time of year. Yeah. I want to start going to Vancouver every year for uh, so Fourth That's where they don't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. No, no. So that's interesting. I recall you mentioning that before because it's part of Canada. So yeah, you no know, up there. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. But yeah, what we got on the agenda. So we're gonna talk about our fallen uh, sister in arms, Vanessa Cullen. Okay, she's found dead. They finally found her body. This has been a national story. We're gonna dive into that. So we're gonna talk Pete about. Davis. Yo, thanks for watching. Fellow defenders, it's good. Pardon the interruption. Nah, you good. Um, we're gonna talk about employers taking advantage of employees during Rona. Let mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. We're gonna have some opinions on that. We're going to touch on pop culture. Why does music suck today? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Make it mass mandatory everywhere in any place. We're we're going to talk about racist 4th of July. All right. That was my sister telling me to come eat breakfast. My grandpa uh, cooked. Racist out for 4th of July trying to kill black folks, like you alluded to in the intro. And, and then we're going to talk about, touch on the Boogaloo movement and another army soldier that was ambushing, getting his uh, unit ambushed. I kind of so, heard about that too. Now, with the, yeah. regarding the Boogaloo boys, now remember, and shout out to uh, David, to David Gaines, you know, a fellow defender. Mm-hmm. But, um, have you seen the the security forces Raven who kind of went rogue and he did some ambushes on the uh, police or something like that? They said he was associated with the Boogaloo movement or something like that. Uh-huh. That was kind of that hit close to home as you know this this gentleman shared in uh, in our career field and he's out doing wild shit. But um, what what else we got on the on the agenda? That's really it for now. Unless we will come up with anything else. I know we're keeping it short and sweet this week because I'm yeah. not in my TDY mode. Yeah, I'm not in my uh, home base, <laughs> so. home studio, and all that. So you yeah. said uh, real quick we're gonna run in. 
Like, shame on me. I don't have all the details on um, on, on the case, but you mentioned that her body was found. Yes. Uh, let me pull it up. Hopefully, I can pull this link up real quick. I, I'll read it off. Because I'm thinking, uh, and as well, missing soldier okay. Gillian was killed, dismembered at Fort Hood, attorney says. So, this is two days ago. You got your link up? Yeah. What are you on? I'm on CNN. Okay, I got USA Today, and this was from two days okay. ago. How, how current is yours? Yeah, I, mine is, I think, two days ago as well. July 3rd, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, um, do you want to give the, the gist on, on what occurred? Basically, she went missing for her. She's a private first class. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, equivalency in the Air Force. Say, is that E three equivalent to E three? Yeah, E three. Yeah. She was well. Basically, I read what happened to her. She was bludgeoned to death with a hammer in an armory room where she worked. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see. Main suspect in disappearing is a specialist, Aaron David Robinson. So that's why okay. right uh, now from uh, from Illinois, they're saying hours later, United States Department of Justice officials identified the second suspect, Cecily Ann Aguilar, and she was a 22-year-old clean resident. So. Uh. Well, I don't know if it's in the article, but you said there's some sort of like um, sex trafficking ring that was going on in the army. I, I'm not sure how I seen something saying that possibly she was definitely sexually harassed. What they were saying, which is uh, which is a common thing in the military. We've I've seen news stories on that. Let's see. Um, I'm just reading this. Uh, in local law enforcement's later found Robinson in the 4700 block of East Ransacre Avenue, mm-hmm. east of Fort Hood, near North Twin Creek Drive. So they're saying he pulled okay. a gun on himself when he was confronted by the police. And mm. it. So that's pretty wild. Like, this is what's going on. Um... The military is a tough environment for the females. Like, I yeah. definitely say that. It, I mean, it's tough for males as well, but it's like, um, it's, you, you, you see what's happening here. And um, I don't want to say it's shedding light on a lot of the sexual assault and, and everything that's going on under uh, the radar. Now, when, without saying names, you know, uh, while we were in Korea, there's a big scandal with, uh, well, there's more or less underage drinking, maybe some sexual assault with um, senior leadership. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly- uh, how you say, and, and a lot of these new airmen. So it's nothing new. It's nothing new, but seeing how this is gone, and it is, um, it really makes you wonder. Particularly, like in, in this case, you know, there, there's evidence where they, they, they seem to be finding, they found the body. But when you have cases of, of disappearance and, and things, you know, I, I don't know. But I'm trying to see what other details we got. 
on this story. Yeah, right? that's fine. Now I believe they had the other. Yeah, they had the other um, accomplice in, in custody. So they're saying the remains found near the river are likely that of the missing U.S. soldier. U.S. Army officials at Fort Hood on Thursday said the remains had yet to be identified. So fun fact for all you civilians out there, when you join the military, one of the first things they do is they, after sticking a bunch of shots in your butt, they uh, take your DNA so that they can, how do you say, if your remains are mangled and, and everything like that, they can identify you with the, with the blood that they've taken. So if they do, if they have acquired these remains, like they said, it's a very, in a very short time, and that's relative, they should be able to identify and confirm if, uh, if this is the missing soldier. I'm gonna try to find that real quick while we're on this topic. The okay. part about sex trafficking involved. I saw it. So there's a I don't know how And because she's a civilian, Army CID, or um, the Air Force equivalent is what, OSI? And I do believe the Navy is what, yeah. CSI? It's pretty much like criminal investigation. There. Yeah, NCIS is for Navy. NCIS, because they got a show. They got that show on it. But I guess it's like the that part of the army, they don't have like jurisdiction as far as questioning the civilian. So yeah, that's a bit of a hurdle that they're dealing with. I couldn't find that post, but it was a good one. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't find it right now. Maybe I can find it before the editing process. Okay, no worries. But um, at the same time, I'll, uh, a lot of effort is being expelled to, to find, um, you know, the remains and also anyone else who is involved. And it's, uh, unfortunately, it's becoming racial now. Like, it's because... Yeah. Um, one of the main suspects was a black man and now uh it seems the hispanic community is saying like they're like yo like how come no one's protesting for her like how come will she have a gold casket at her funeral will celebrities show up in, in comparison to george floyd and you know i get it my heart's with the with the hispanic community like i, I totally uh, i see what, what you know i understand if this hurts, you know, and particularly as a military, uh, a former military member, it, it hurts. But we can't let this divide. Can't let this divide. Like, this was, we, we gotta remember this doesn't seem to be racially related. It's not like this was some sort of hate crime. It's like, don't spin it that way. Don't, don't make that, don't take that narrative that way. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty aligned with you. I think I'm torn because I've seen black people like harm other groups as well. But I also know the history of America, and this is all tied together, that other groups pile on on black people as well. So being the Hispanics, the Asians, like <laughs> other immigrant groups, pile on on top of our t like to terrorize us as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but for this case, this is about 
an American problem, sexual assault. Indeed. And it's and murder and treating people with decency. So I've been torn on it, but I, I'm with you. Like I think we should stay united and just get justice for this woman, this soldier, this American. End of the day, it's an American. So that's how I look at it. Now, you know, being the upgrade America show and you know where how could something like that be prevented in the future? Like you talking about you just got to take those allegations more seriously like it should be if they find the person guilty mm-hmm. a sexual assault after numerous complaints like after the first complaint they should take it seriously i know at least in the air force they didn't play that yeah, yeah the they, most they did not it still that. it still went on but i think pretty much you should be already taking money stripes mm-hmm. uh and kicking somebody out. As soon as they get a whiff of that behavior, you should be gone. You should so no longer be in the military. Just, just to play devil's advocate, how do you um, how do you prevent the abuse of that? Do you remember That's that? Why you gotta... not, the, not the name names, but do you remember a particular black sergeant who was kind of set up? Uh, a young lady kind of set him up and... Mm. He uh, also happened in Korea as well. So like, how? I suppose it's a double-edged sword. And yeah, I agree. You gotta take these things more seriously. Yeah, perhaps you need to expand the um, the manpower for investigations. Yeah, and you gotta protect the whistleblowers too. Like, I think once that person doesn't feel comfortable in this thing, they should be reassigned. You know, like maybe emergency PCS or something. I don't know. Something to that to go ahead and separate it. Um, only thing that sucks is in the military, as you know, things travel with you as you PCS. It's not like you're immune to somebody not knowing about your past. And it's a small, uh, it's a small world. And, um, you know, I don't want to say the, the good old boys club, but a lot of people know each other throughout the airport you know, it's a very small community yeah so i had i had a homeboy that went through that like long story short not to get mm-hmm. too many details him and i guess a couple other fellas had you know basically a erotic group encounter mm-hmm. and he got hit with like uh what is it sexual assault or something the chick i guess was felt ashamed or something like that and like just basically told on everybody hey i was taking advantage of blah 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 and he got hit with uh was it osi was under on him for like two years he had to like be on investigation for like two years um he should be retired by now but I remember him sharing this experience in Korea and he, he was like, yeah, bro, like they watch everything I do. I said, oh my God, dude. I'm not so I kind of recall hearing something about that too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of crazy things happening in the military. I don't, and as far as like right now, what is the best solution for all this? Like, I don't know. I have to do some more digging and yeah. really get into the story like they said it occurred in the armory so it's like i know That's we have cctv cameras outside surveilling meaning mm-hmm. like a person a dedicated person is watching it live feed but as are, are they storing this this footage 
That's true. So it's and like if- you can go back and be like, rewind, be like, oh, <laughs> I see this person, that person, this person there. And you know, you can you can kinda I don't know. I would say put hidden cameras in the armories and around the armory. Hmm. That's what I would do. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go with the hidden camera thing because they're gonna get cam- compromised eventually. It's just have them there, where you know people know they're gonna occur. And it's like at the same time, how many people are in the armory? Typically, it's like two, maybe three. Sometimes you're there by yourself. Yeah. But it's like um, I dare say having the cameras on the entry point, and you're usually only one entry, right? Yeah, usually, yeah, it's usually one entry, one entry, one exit. I say, I say the hidden cameras because if you work in the army, you know where the camera is. What's to say you can't get access to that footage or you know how to maneuver around the camera? Yeah, what's up, Dean? Thanks for watching, bro. Your cousin, right? But, uh, I think uh, again, it's like you're gonna find out where they are. Maybe you just need more of them. Mm-hmm. And it, but here's the thing: the camera solution is it's not going to end all because no, 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 it's not no. just occurring in it's not just occurring in the armories. It's just like you know you really got to think about it. you be on post sometimes. It's just you and another individual in the middle of nowhere, you know. So it's like how do you how do you stop that? Mm. How, uh, you know, it, this is a. a um, it's, it's at least good that we're brainstorming it, but this ain't one that we're just gonna um, come up with a solution right away. No. Um, um, yeah, they, they need to continue this process. Uh, I really hope they identify the you know the body and they, they find out and they get some, some closure on yeah. this. As well as, um, well, I wanna say justice, but when one of the main suspects blows their brains out, it's like, is that really justice? difficult to say yeah well it's like you just it's closure but not the closure you you would want as the family mm-hmm. yes you know, Vanessa Cullen um it's just so unfortunate I've seen a documentary I forgot where I saw it about women in the military with sexual assault mm-hmm. it was rough to watch man because I was just like man like I just couldn't imagine being in those environments because most of the time it is very male dominated. It is male dominant, but it's like you gotta consider the military male is a special type of male. It's male dominant, but it's like populated with dominant males. Like we're trained to be aggressive, and you know, it's just like thinking about now, like, yeah, like. I, I, I gotta salute the women who are in because it's like you're dealing with the, you know, threats that are foreign and domestic, but <laughs> you gotta put up with us men creatures, you know, and in uh, in the, the wildest type of environments. So um, highly stressful environments, yeah, man. It's very stressful environments, and, and like you said, all these compromising, um, these compromising uh, uh, positions places you know where these things can happen like even though we're in the battlefield like you know when we we're in downrange this was something they were still uh very adamant about like yo make sure you have a wing person and they're even talking about don't go in uh you know places that aren't lit because of sexual assault against from military members so yeah it's 
I, I really don't know, bro. I don't know how to clean it up either because I remember sitting through all the briefings and everything. I mean, it it affected me in a positive way. Like, I was very, like, you know, if we drink or something and some mixed company, you know, like with women and stuff, like, if they come on to me or whatever, like, nah, you drunk, you know, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, I just, or I've been in situations where if I didn't have the awareness, I probably could have been in a situation where I could have gotten caught up. Just simply of optics, not what I've done, but the optics of looking at it. Because you remember, perception's everything. Yes, it is. First so, thing you learn in the military. Yeah. I wish we had some better solutions for you guys, but it's a very, it's a systemic problem, and you got to get to the bottom of it. I don't know. Um, man. And I guess one thing that can help is men keeping other men accountable for that kind of behavior. No matter the rank, because what y'all don't realize as civilians is like that rank really does mean something in the military. It's not like uh, here in a corporate structure where you could just quit your job and that's it. Nah, like these people really control your life. Let me, the best way to put it down is like in the military, you sacrifice a lot of freedoms. And that's what a lot of civilians don't realize. But like the military structure it's a dictatorship from the commander down to the officers like more or less every person even if you're a sergeant essentially you are the dictator of everyone underneath you like you control all their life their off time if you want them to come in on their off time and train they're coming in and their superiors will applaud them they'll be like oh you're bringing your troops in the train like rank is very uh powerful in the military and um Another thing that you have to consider is when you have this uh, sexual uh, misconduct between troops and supervisors. And Mm -hmm. that happens. Uh, That happens, uh, I don't want to say all the time, but it happens. And and we hear reports about that all the time. And uh, sexual favors for promotions and reprisal from the lack thereof. It's... um, I don't know, bro, like, um, what was it, Eisenhower did a really radical, like, military reform, and they oh. changed a lot of things in the 1950s to just how the military functioned as, as a whole, mm-hmm. and perhaps, you know, something we need to just sit back, I don't want to say do an audit, but look at inefficiencies and, and, and vulnerabilities for, uh, for sexual assault and, and see how we can mitigate that. Yeah, and then I remember stories of the Marines raping Japanese women in Okinawa a lot, and then I remember... There is a rumor that the Japanese government was going to pay America, like, what was it, 15 billion? It could have been a couple hundred billion. Mm -hmm. They get the Marines to leave. They're like, yo, we don't want them here because they're they're always doing... um, They'll do crazy ass shit like uh, the raping and, and all the sexual assaults. They'd come from shore leave to Osan, Korea. Even the cooks thought they were badass. Like, I'm a Marine. Oh, yeah? What's your MOX? I'm a cook. So I'll whoop your ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah, time. I remember also in the Navy when they went, uh, when, uh, was it sea duty? Mm-hmm. They would prostitute the women on there. Somebody would prostitute the women on the whole ship to the other members. Yeah, I want to ask if this is a belly hat. No, I think this is. 
Stacey Adams, bro. Okay, stay on point like Stacey Adams. But uh, I do believe they call it a, a derby hat. Is it? I'm gonna, yeah. get the top, I'm gonna get the top hat, man. I'm gonna get the Lincoln when I open it. <laughs> now, about the, um, the, 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 you're saying the, the Navy and the Marine? No, the Navy, um, I know there were people prostituting the women sailors when they're out on shore duty on the ships. They were, I remember reading stories about that all the time. They used to prostitute the women out. And that doesn't surprise me. Like, yeah. uh, you heard the term desert queen? Yes. Uh -huh. So for you civilians that are watching the desert queen, when you're in Iraq, Kuwait, all these little shitholes in the Middle East, the ratio of guys to, to girls is, it's not very, there are, what'd they say? In Kunsan, Korea, there were seven men for every one female. Mm. Let that marinate. There's not, there weren't a lot of uh, women there. So the term desert queen means like a, a on a numerical scale between one and ten. A, in, in the real world, like a, um, a seven would look like a ten in the mm. desert because there's not a lot of women. And with that, you know, there was a, there's quite a bit of prostitution that was going on in, uh, in these combat theaters. And it was like, there is a rumor of um, a young lady who had a duffel bag of cash at the end of her deployment. Because, you know, she was, she was, I know she was doing her own thing, but perhaps she had some other people working with her. I don't know. But long story short, she couldn't get it through Navy Customs. Because before you leave the, you know, Iraq, it's like maybe uh -huh. goes through all your stuff because the army's trying to mail home hand grenades and, and claymore mines. Like, come on, guys! But no, um, this this occurs. This this happens. And while I'm not against the uh, how do you say consensual sex, uh -huh. the forced human trafficking is is what makes me uh, a bit nervous. And there's something that. I don't think it has any place in, in the military. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, man. So we we had to touch on this because this is a military member. Like she's an American. Like this is an American issue. You need to upgrade it and make it better. You need we need protections for the whistleblowers or the victims themselves as well, and for people who collude or collaborate to help them. They need protection too. Absolutely. So. Um, again, like my condolences to the family. Absolutely. Like um I, I really pray for some closure and also that this this incident, you know, it, it shines a light on this this issue that's affecting our military. And yeah. Again, I think one of the I think one of the best things that you mentioned is that, you know, not necessarily men holding each other accountable, but other soldiers and, and airmen and, and fellow military members holding each other accountable and uh, making sure everyone's good. And if, if you know, if someone reports it, you know, like support them and, and, and you know, make sure there's no reprisal. Yeah. But that's all I got on the, on the story. Perhaps there's more uh, details on, on cover. You know, we, we may rehash this a bit. But what's yeah. next on the agenda? Uh, we're going to talk about employers using Rona to take advantage of employees. Mm. Wow. This is a very interesting times that we're in. You know, it's um, 
you have a high demand for jobs because there's like what what was the unemployment rate at now was it 40 million something like that yeah 40 million people are unemployed and the demand is high my bad i cut you off go ahead but the supply is kind of low because uh not a lot of I mean, while places aren't opening back up, there is the mention of a second wave and all things of that nature. But anyways, these conditions, they, they create uh, the opportunity for a lot of employers to, um, <sighs> I don't want to say it delicately, I don't want to say shake down their employees, and I don't want to say like, it's, that's what I said. They can renegotiate their contracts because they can say like, hey, you're gonna do the same job, but for less, and then you're gonna do much more. Oh, you don't like that? You don't you don't like that deal? Well, guess what? I got a thousand people who are lined up that will take this deal, you know, and um, they'll, they'll do it for less because of the conditions that we're in now. And it's kind of um, what do you think about that? I know it's old capitalism because I get it. Like these corporations, they're taking a hit, and so to compensate. They have to cut slack and, and, and make people do more with less. So it's like, I don't know. What are your thoughts, bro? What do you think this is going to go? I think it begs the question that we need a resurgence of labor unions. Hmm. Basically. Now, that should be a definitely of, a problem. No, right? Huh? A lot of them were broken up. There's not too many yeah. unions that are left in... Uh, left around yeah so, I think, I think the, the percentage huh oh no i was just saying maybe that that is a great solution bringing back the unions and uh, something to consider yeah i just think i think you have to do it smart though you can't do it like you know you got to adjust the 21st running the union but i think that's one of the things because I mean, end of the day, it's supposed to provide you protection and the liaison between you and the corporate structure. Um, yeah. Basically, it's like if you, like people complain about unions, but I was like, think about it. Like baseball has one of the strongest unions. Major League Baseball. Um, the NBA has one of the strongest unions. Um, I think hockey does too. So unions play a role in labor. In America, good for the NBA players. They're unionized and everything, and so you know with their multi-million dollar salaries. God bless them. But I'm talking about the working men. Like I know, but the conceptually it's the same thing. You got to think the people that sign the net checks are billionaires. They're mm-hmm. not. So if you compare them to the NBA player, it's like the same thing with the regular man to the CEO. It's the same concept. I'm just saying conceptually, I know it's different with the money you're playing with, but the concept is still the same. Why do you think they had the labor unions in the first place? They would be getting ripped off if they didn't have those collecting and bargain agreements and all these things. Now, hold on, because you, 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 I want you to reiterate on a fun fact that you gave us in uh, season one on Episode America. You said the unions were created because, what did you say, after slavery? Because black people had oh, all the yeah, yeah. So basically after slavery, black black slaves had all the skill, labor skills, and white immigrants or other groups didn't. 
So labor unions were actually created to help basically give the white male a leg up when it comes to competing with newly freed slave labor. Because we had to do everything basically in slavery. Blacksmith, learn how to make furniture. Like we had to do everything. You really got to think it's, um, you raise a, a very valid point because it's like when you have this system for let's just call it 400 years and you're like all the skills were, were given to you know to black people because we're doing it for free and then they're like oh now we got paid people but they don't have the skills you know mm-hmm. and so it also kind of led to the creation of the Jim Crow it's like we're going to they're gonna lift up the how do you say the white community and keep down the black community like mm-hmm. Historically, yeah, it's kind of effed up, but like 2020, I agree, like uh, the, the need for unions is, is something to consider. Now, what is the biggest obstacle? What stops people from unionizing? Lack of information, um, lack of experience with somebody being in a union. I think that would help. Um, I'll say lack of education about how unions work. Like historically, there's been so much effort to break up the unions. And it's like uh, my sister, uh, shout out Claudine, she raised a, a very valid point. Like one of the last surviving unions is like the teachers' unions. Mm-hmm. Like they're still holding that down, but like a lot of other ones for other employers, they got they got broke up, they got shut down, and people out here with no protection. Yeah, and and a lot of times too, employees don't know their rights. That's another reason having you. You have somebody constantly educating you on your employee rights. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I noticed in my work experience, especially in Florida, which is a right to work state and an employment at will state. So employment at will means you can leave at any time and your employer can fire you for pretty much anything at any time. Okay, I've heard, I've heard that. Now, is there any state where it's not a, where you can't leave? Besides the military. <laughs> you can't just be like, I quit. <laughs> like, not for another four years. <laughs> yeah. I like, think... are there any civilian jobs where you can't do that? Mm, I don't know. Unless you just really dug in a contract and there's some kind mm-hmm. of buyout or something, I would yeah. imagine. But we definitely need to do a whole episode on unions. Um, I'm going to reach out to the gentleman, um, see if he's still interested. There's a guy uh, named Frank. He said he wanted to uh, come on the show and, you know, just chop it up a little bit. He's pretty, um, he's been in a union for like, let's call it over 30 years. So I know I'm pretty sure he knows the ins and outs of how. And I will. Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm good. Um. I was going to highlight that now being in a union doesn't mean it's perfect either. You have racism within a union. So I you have bad actors within a union, like people that don't really shouldn't be in a union because they don't pull their weight. Mm-hmm. You also have union representation that scams the union by cutting deals with the corporation, not in their mm-hmm. interests. So there are, there is a dark side to unions, just like we talk about the police unions, how they protect these, uh, criminal cops let's call yes. it what it is and we're seeing that as well with uh how do you say these police unions and they're one to sue protesters and mm-hmm. things of that nature and like so, yeah so we we're gonna give the whole picture we're not just yeah. gonna 
coded. Like it's you got to look at it in totality. So I mean, I only brought up the, the union thing because, I, like I said, I think that's a, a sound solution to um, to resolving this. And I'm not saying this is like a widespread epidemic, but this is a potential possibility of a, a route that employers can take in these unprecedented times. And um, it's kind of shocking, but I mean, it's, it's to be expected. And we mentioned as well before, like the whole, I didn't see COVID coming, but I totally foresaw mass unemployment and automation and all these things are, that are coming as well. And, mm-hmm. While civilians are still civilians, while people, humans are still in the workplace, like um, perhaps uh, the unionizing route is something they should look into before, because perhaps these unions could advocate on uh, not so much rolling back technology, but like buffering the implementation of these uh, these these technologies that are going to take the countless jobs. You can't hey. fight through. It's inevitable. You can just slow it down a bit. Um, what's up? I think yeah, I think we should go that route. And people just knowing their routes. Uh, I meant their rights. Sorry, mm-hmm. just knowing their rights is the biggest thing. I t- I share a real quick story. So. Me and my former roommate, he's Air Force too, and um, he was in a union. We started, we almost unionized one of the major hotels, which I remain nameless, um, (laughs) in Orlando. You know, no slander and libel suits and shit. But um, we made the news. We actually got it down to a union vote. It was so we were so effective on our campaign and educating people and everything that of a union that is in Orlando that's a big union for Disney employees, which I'll leave them nameless too. They came to us asking us how we did. And wow. it was just me and him. Like I started a Twitter account, linked up with a bunch of unions, started just putting out information. Um, he started educating people. We put up flyers in the workplace, everything like we did. And what happened was the intimidation factor got to the employees. We got to the vote, which is a secret ballot vote, meaning everybody puts their vote in. You don't know who voted what. Mm -hmm. They all punked out at the end. And that's why they didn't unionize. But what happened after that happened, the whole company policy started changing. Like they changed the attendance policy, they changed pay, they gave like two raises. They um a lot of people quit or got fired. They was in like executive positions. They brought in lawyers from like Vegas to come combat this. But um yeah, just the threatening of um or just the talk of, of unionizing is a very powerful notion and you as you mentioned it, it's getting results. Um, yeah. Again, is there a truckers union? I'm sure there is. Teamsters, I think, is truckers. I was gonna say because I know Andrew Yang was like he's big advocate fan, but at the same time he was saying like you can't fight it, and I agree. But um, I'm just curious how their that union is handling um, the emergence of self-driving trucks. I don't know. That's something we have to explore yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, the most they can do is, is slow it down, but it's, it's coming. And I think if anything, what that union should be doing is mm-hmm. need to be like realistic 
and sending out like I don't want to say a five-year plan but like listen right now you're driving a truck and you know in the next five years this job's gonna be gone I'm not saying become a coder overnight or switch careers overnight but let's lay out a, a four-year plan or something mm-hmm. like we can take gradual steps to you know helping you pivot career fit you know because um Right now we're looking at the Rona, yeah, the unemployment sucks, but Rona and um, artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, yeah, and no. yes, automation, forget it. Like, it's um, it's very scary time. But what else we got on the uh, next one? Uh, we, got, we got a couple of pop culture or society, I'll say society topics. Um, this falls under the unemployment thing. So... Why does music that you sent me a very compelling YouTube <laughs> argument on why music sucks and making masks mandatory everywhere in any place? That's something else we brought up that was interesting. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty wild. Let's discuss the music. Thing. Okay. Why music sucks in the 21st century? So the video that I sent, they're really looking at it from a scientific measure, like. When you're anyone who edits music and you see like wave patterns, they're noticing like music from like, let's say from the 1960s back. And this is even including orchestra and things of that nature. They're saying that those, those songs are very enriched. Like there's mad different instruments. There's lots going on. It's very saturated waves. But they're saying like the new music today it's just like compressed and it's not going on. But the most thing that you notice is it just mimics everything else. And there's a reason why they do this. They say that pop music replicates, not because it's good, it's because your mind and everything is psychological. Chris, I know we had that discussion about music and mind control. Mm-hmm. Everything is psychological. So your brain, when you're mimicking another song, your brain is like, oh, I heard this song before. And because it's similar, it doesn't have to do much thinking and your brain doesn't like to think. So therefore it's just like, oh, it's kind of like it. I like it. And then they put a lot of, uh, I don't want to say brainwashing and, and other things in there, but that's part of it. But they force you to like it by just saturating it everywhere you go. You hear this song, you hear this song, yeah. this song that's stuck in your head. Anything that's stuck in your head can be used to control and manipulate you. That's my preamble. I'd like to hear your thoughts. So I listened to it. Me and Cam been going back and forth about this. Um, but I watched a video. I took it all in. I'm being objective. I agree with you. The thing is, I've argued with older generations about music and people who are, I would say, vintage music lovers that are our age or younger. Yeah. And the thing I keep bringing up, and he did mention this in the video, and this is my biggest point about the music quality of today and diverse, well, quality of diversity as well, Hmm. is that technology is the great disruptor and also it sacrificed the quality of music. I I totally agree with you about that. I say it disrupted it because it gave access. Like, if you're a musician, don't let the lack of a studio stop you from making music. People are making entire albums on their phone. And yeah. I think another one of the thing that we came to consensus on is the reason why music sucks. <laughs> because there's so much of it. Like yeah. blues, and this goes for practically anything in life. When you have quantity, 
you lose quality and you're mass producing music it's like every everybody who breathes is putting out rap music and it's just like okay what's the difference and then every rapper is rapping like every other rapper just to get that similar not simulation but similarities and things of that nature but do you recall what the millennial whoop is I can't remember, but I thought it was funny because, you know, we're millennials. So I was like, millennial boo. So, I'll break it down for you and, and listen out for it the next time you're hearing pop music. And I'm not a singer. I'm just trying to, how do you say, get the tune. But the millennial whoop is like, A, A, A. Okay. So that is the millennial whoop is used in a lot of pop music. And as I mentioned, that whole... Uh, I'm familiar with this. When you hear that, of course, different notes and perhaps different harmonies, different words, of course. But when you hear that, that type of rhythm, it sends familiarity with your brain. And it's like, oh, I know this, therefore I like it. And there's a very fun fact, biggest takeaway from that video was like, a guy who wrote mad hits for Britney Spears, Backstreet yeah. Spears, all these, it's only like two artists who wrote all these, maybe one or two. Remember yeah. guy? It was yeah. like two songwriters wrote most of the hits for countless pop music. And I, I only bring that up to show that there's a there's a formula and it's, it's being used. But I'm not gonna dive too deeply. I, I really wanna have the real research and the data music and mind control and why i'm not a very uh i'm not into pop music but i got you don't you got um i guess my little short ending top i mean uh statement on this topic mm -hmm. would be i understand i really seek out music that's different because of everything we just described and i also want to point out that there are artists that are still original that still use instruments that still have good vocals and that are still creative. And I want to put that out there because everybody always says, oh, there's no good music. Yeah, it is. You do have to Just gotta search for it. Through it. Yeah, you do got to search for it. I'm going to be honest, but there's still really good music. And the argument I've also made is, imagine if y'all had this technology back in the 50s and 60s, how would your music have been? Mm. So nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Shout out to uh, Bill Bird Group, Flawless Pete. Uh, one you want to but it's um there's still a lot of great artists putting it out and it's just like i think it's the main thing is the oversaturation and it's like mm -hmm. you really got to um oh that's another thing they said too so the music industry they take risks on artists so rather than taking a risk on artists and promoting them, it's so expensive on what they do and yeah. how they hold them. And pretty much the bottom line is like, they select you and even if you're garbage, they make the, they make the public like you. They're like, mm -hmm. well, we're just gonna force feed you this until they like, until they like them. And we're gonna suppress everyone else's music so this is all they hear. And um, I get it from a business perspective, like that's your investment and you're going to make sure you get your money. But like for artists who are up and coming, what type of message does that send for them? Like 
I, I don't know. I really hope we get to a point and with the whole the decentralization and you don't need a deal and you have all these mm-hmm. platforms, I hope we deviate from that and people make music how they want to make music and it gets promoted and they find a way to, you know, to get their, to get their, their kick. But um, right now I am quite dissatisfied with how it's going and, you know, I really want to encourage uh, people to make more music, but there's one artist I want to drop him in. So it's what, 51 minutes here. I want to slide him in. He did an awesome breakdown of the political game and why people need to get into politics. Oh, okay. I want to share a a little clip from him maybe later when I'm editing this. Maybe not. Well, I will say this. What you said you hope to see more of, I do see it. I'm optimistic. The artists are going more independent. They're doing everything themselves. And what they're doing now is signing with major labels just for distribution. Not mm-hmm. so much to produce, um, development. Just distribution. That's it. I like um, that. Marketing and distribution. That's what I've been saying. But even the marketing is getting scaled back because people learn how to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's more like distribution. So I think once the di- distribution part is no longer a factor, then I think you will get true art, like you were so describing. When you say distribution, are we talking? Because I'm gonna be real. I haven't bought a tangible record. Or a record mm-hmm. showing my I'm about a tangible uh, CD compact disc yeah. or what have you in ages. Like is mm-hmm. distribution for the most part is that exclusive to iTunes, Google Play, things of that nature? I think it's more like that, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I think um it's kinda and why I love the iPhone. What I don't like about it, because I make my own music too, and my colleagues say make music as well. I can't get it on my phone unless I go through this rigorous process to get it on my phone. I wish I could just get it. And Apple does that deliberately so that, you know, for privacy, not so much privacy, piracy, anti-piracy and, and things of that nature. But, um... Team Droid, go ahead. I do, I do like Droid, but it's just, um... I, I don't know, man. Is there other mediums where people are putting music out on? I mean, SoundCloud and stuff, too. That's free for me. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know besides Google Play, what's it, Apple, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. There's probably other third-party outlets mm-hmm. besides IG, Twitter, Facebook. You know, uh, Jay-Z got Tidal. He's pushing music yeah. on, on Tidal, too. I need to have a conversation with him, but he's on the list. But um, so besides making uh, making masks mandatory everywhere we go, Mm. every place. What are your thoughts, man? I think the current standard is good. You're in a business. You're somewhere Mm -hmm. a bunch of people wear a mask. Um, obviously, if you stick, stay your ass at home. You know, wear a mask at home if you got other family members or whatever to keep them from getting sick. But mm-hmm. everywhere, like, I'm hearing that they want people to wear masks while they're driving. They want people yeah. to walk around, and I'm like, serious? Like while you're driving? And it's like it's becoming really obsessive. And then you have your people who are on one spectrum, like. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You gotta wear a mask, gotta wear a mask, gotta wear a mask. And then you got all the people who are like, for instance, take the student president. Like, 
He's, he ain't about that mask, but I'm not a particular uh, fan of the mask myself, but at the same time, I, I, I suppose while I'm going into public places, things of that nature, cool, if I'm in an establishment, but walking around on the street, no. If I'm at the park, no. If I'm hiking, which I have seen, signs are like, yeah, make sure you're social distancing and wearing your mask, or you're climbing a freaking mountain. Not gonna happen. But, um... I just don't know. My biggest concern is like this whole matching is going to start and then it can just keep escalating and escalating. And like, yeah, make sure you're not out without your chemical suit, not for blah, blah, blah. And while I'm being facetious, it's um, this such a huge mandate was implemented in less than five months. And it looks like it's getting etched in stone. But um, still ambivalent. We'll see about uh, if these numbers are accurate. You know, I suppose we'll see after November because that's the biggest. Uh, Basically, I don't want to say the biggest reason to push social distancing and everything is um, to close the polls for November, but it's a possibility. Yeah, um, my thoughts on I've seen a mixture on my travels from Florida to South Carolina. I've seen people. Had a mask. I've seen like in public places. This is what I'm talking about, like where you're actually going to be in contact with people. And I noticed a difference. Like as much crap as Florida gets, I noticed for the most part, most Floridians wear their mask when they're out and about. For the most part, compared to the other states I've traveled through, I've seen probably less mask wearing in South Carolina since I've been here and Georgia when I was passing through. So. Oh. I'm just throwing it there. I think it's more of the blue states. And again, why I mentioned the political agenda, it's because it seems like the blue states are hard body with this uh, must wear a mask rhetoric. And as I mentioned, uh, Pennsylvania is the one that's that's pushing the the agenda that people gotta wear it while they're driving. And I'm like, yo, that's a bit bit much. But here's something you gotta consider as well all these broken states they are like oh you're not wearing your mask hundred dollar fine i think in new york city it's like a thousand dollar fine or some dumb shit like not social distancing so um it seems like that's going to be another way to levy taxation but um i don't know bro i really don't know Am I bothered? Like, it's not to the point where it's like, oh my god, like, I'm gonna go protest in my It's not that serious. It's like, um, it's noticeable. I just don't want them to overstep and, and abuse their power. Yeah. I guess I might, might as well invest in a comfortable mask because, you know, you wear it for a while. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. I'm, I'm same with you. I got mixed feelings on it. I think it's, I think it's important to have your man. I just say have it available at all times. Right. That's what I try to do with my different nationality uh, scarves or whatever. Um, I guess I'm so, upgrade America one day. Oh, that would be so fire, bro! I definitely would invest in that. Yeah, I got you, bro. I'm gonna look into that. Um, I'll show you a company and see if they do custom. I'll send it to you um, on that. But we're going to talk about race car topics. 
All yeah. these kind of flow together, actually. So, race is out for Fourth of July to kill black folks. Yeah. What are your now, thoughts? Paul, you um, you sent, uh, you forwarded me an email. I think we discussed it on the show. Mm-hmm. Some incredible intelligence of uh, the Ku Klux Klan under the guise of uh, law enforcement was going to be committing some atrocities. You have. Um, a cop who was just relieved of duty, making comments about we're going to massacre all the niggers or some dumb shit like that. And it's just like, it seemed like a lot of threats. Wilmington, hold on, Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. No, I'm saying it's in Wilmington, North Carolina, so people know. Go ahead. Okay. But there's a lot of threats to the black community, particularly from the Ku Klux Klan. Historically, yo, the Ku Klux Klan has been around like, let's just. Nine- I don't quote me on it. I want to say it was like after slavery, like yeah. kind of, uh, I don't want to say the height, but around the formation of the Jim Crow laws and things of that nature. But it's like they've been around for the longest time, terrorizing the black community, like violent acts, murders, and it's like here we are, 2020. Not only are they supporting the, the sitting president. They, these guys are not like they're just a hate group they're not a terrorist organization but Antifa is and so I, I find that very perplexing and um, well, I think uh, Antifa is labeled as terrorists but they're not considered terrorists but I get what you're saying and that's what I'm saying is they even mention them or associate them with the, with the terrorist club but not the Ku Klux Klan it, it saddens and pisses me off but here we are in uh, 2020 like I took it as a credible intelligence, you know, and um, you know the the force protection, my force protection uh, level, it it increased because of that. But I'm not scared. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not scared of them. And I shout out to that organization, those black militias. They just showed the world we ain't scared of them either. And here's what I really want to say to uh, FBI, all our, you know, our, our fans. <laughs> In the intelligence, yeah. like yeah. I'm gonna be straight up and down with y'all. It ain't about no hatred or anything else like that. It is about self-defense. You have people who are mobilizing to kill us, and it's only right that we mobilize back in, in defense. And that's what this is about. It ain't about revenge. It's about equality and, and survival at, at, at the most part. And um, no one will win from this. No one wins in a race war. Let's just be very clear about that. However, in the unlikely event that there is some orchestrated uh, plot to systematically uh, commit genocide against the black community, there ain't gonna be no easy kill. Ain't no easy wins. Like, and I'm gonna leave it at that. I think you said all that. We need to say on this one. I think you wrapped that up in a bow, brother. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, it's like, it's, I, I don't, it's bad. Hate is a weak emotion. Hate stems from fear. And that's why I do not hate anyone. I haven't feared in years. But um, it's just to the point where it's like, um, right now, we're not, we're not bowing down. We're not laying down. And that's that. No one's going to win from this thing. So it's in everyone's best interest that we call this. 
Yeah. Um, well said, man. I don't have anything to add to that. You echoed and expressed exactly how I feel. And I've been telling my friends to arm up, yeah. learn how to use and be more mindful of how you move in society. Um, I've been definitely warning my friends a lot about it. I know they get kind of probably fatigued about it. it and kind of laugh a little bit like, ah, oh, bro, you just on some GI Joe stuff. But I'll be like, nah, bro, like y'all need to do it. And like, what's cool is I just been bringing it up here and there, or if they bring up how I move, then I use that as an opportunity. Hey, you know, you might want to go ahead and make that investment, you well, know, get something. I guess I took, uh, took my ladies to the range. Like, take your, take your people to the range. You got your own hammers, like, instruct them how to use them. Perhaps they may not want to buy their own, but I'm, I'm very sure after you fire a weapon for the first time and you get that hard on, even if you're a female, like, you may want to, um, you may want to invest in that. It's not like it's a boy or it's a hobby. This is a, this is protection. Like, it's, and I hate to say it like this, but mm -hmm. if the stereotype was every black person is armed, don't fuck with them, then I dare say perhaps uh, these Ku Klux, whatever the fuck you, you guys are, they, they, they won't fuck with us. And it's like, mm -hmm. we need to set that stereotype, and I don't I hate these stereotypes, we need to set that precedent. Where, True. You know, this is what it is. Don't fuck with us. And um, I think the best way we can do that is just by schooling and, and, and teaching people in our church. Um, and also, just to put this out there, Second Amendment doesn't mean like crazy terrorist gun nuts. It means self-defense. Mm -hmm. That's what it's supposed to entitle. My self-defense versus any enemy foreign or domestic whether it be a neighbor trying to rob me or an invasion from russia or from the government coming down constitutionally yes indeed out there yeah i'm gonna have something for you but, but i also want to send this shout out to the intelligence community because now we know you're listening for sure we got the analytics now we appreciate you because we hope you're taking these solutions and concepts that we've been putting out on upgrade america um flush that out in all your organizations let's be real it's in every organization of government you don't have to give us credit just take some more ideas and upgrade america here we go um again like i said don't i think and my biggest concern right now is like we're getting bombarded with all these lynchings and all these hate crimes and all this fucked upness and I don't want it to sow fear, or more more than fear, I don't want it to sow hatred into the hearts of, of black Americans. It's like, yes, there's a lot of injustice, racial injustice, systematic injustice, but to harbor hate will destroy you. So it's True. like, I'm all about self-defense. I'm all about mobilizing, uniting and everything, but it's, uh, it's not out of hatred. It's, uh, it's out of defense. Yeah, it's preservation of life. <laughs> that's what it boils down to all black americans want we want to put this out there too is equality and justice that's it like that's what we've been that's fighting so for before. are we asking for so much <laughs> i don't think so but what i know man but well, the last two... something before i say something crazy <laughs> <laughs> now nah, when um, we say the 
The last two stories are kind of other military. This a military episode for some reason. So, um, Air Force Raven got charged with um, killing, I think, a federal officer in Oakland, out of oh, California. This is the guy who had, uh, I do believe, he had some explosives and he did the ambush on the two officers. Yeah, this happened, I guess, June sixteenth, twenty twenty. Let's see, shooting an officer at a federal courthouse in Oakland, California. Um, Amid the protests over the George Floyd um, protests. So I guess he was anti-protest. That's what I'm assuming. Against the protests? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm assuming, based on the article. His name was... Association, I suppose. Yeah, so his name was Stephen Carrillo. Make sure I get that right. Um, he had an armor vest had, and slogans written in his own blood linking him to the Boogaloo extremist movement, according to the federal complaint unsealed on Tuesday. Now, can you break down briefly what the Boogaloo movement is exactly? Um, real quick on Google, I know they have some links to anarchists, just yeah. dogma and... Uh, I don't want to look necessarily a white supremacist. Let's. I'm gonna do a quick define. Okay. Ooh. I was gonna read the rest of this article. Article. While you do that, just real quick. Okay. To be clear, Carrillo elected to travel to Oakland to conduct his this murder and take advantage of a time when this nation is mourning the killing of George Floyd, said FBI Special Agent in Charge Jack Bennett. There is no evidence that these men had any intention to join the demonstration in Oakland as some as the media have asked. They came to Oakland to kill cops. Okay, that's pretty wild. And that's what, here's another thing too, is like you, you hear that. And then let me uh, let me put this, say what their, their movement is about. So the Boogaloo okay. movement adheres, or which are often referred to as Boogaloo Boys or Boogaloo Boys, spelled B-O-I-S, is loosely organized American far-right extremist movement. They are preparing for or seek to incite a second civil war, which they call the Boogaloo. I didn't know that. Mm. Now, what really pisses me off is like, uh, they didn't mention it here, but as as you can see in their actions, and and I believe there's some other sources that will correlate this, is that they are bent on killing cops and federal uh, federal officers and everything of that nature. This is what they're about starting a freaking second civil war this is what they want that's what the term boogaloo means it's a second civil war hearing all that and the federal government is still concerned about black identity extremists that takes priority (laughs) over these this 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 organized uh gang that's going around killing cops that's that's what they're worried about wow like that's the hypocrisy that black americans are so frustrated with in this country like you blatantly see people doing what y'all claim that we do mm-hmm. and don't do anything about it because they had the same skin tone or same ideals as mainstream America. Really? And uh, <laughs> the other thing is like they are far right, which means they're aligned with, well, I don't want to say the current administration is leaning right. So I was like, does, does that have anything to do with it? And then um, would... I, I, I don't know, man. But the whole 
thought of uh, that there are people who want a second civil war, they don't even really look at your history. Like the first mm. war killed more American soldiers than any other conflict we fought around the globe. It, uh, Absolutely. The damage and destruction that it did to this nation, and you want to reincite that? Like, you see all these war movies, you play these war games, you bring your people back, maybe you respawn, you know, man. <laughs> Yo, war is fucking <laughs> health, son. Like, you want to yeah. beast that shit? Not in some, you know, third world shithole in your backyard. Like, um, that to me is more is more frightening, more disturbing than, than, than other terrorist organizations. And just to put a bow on this, um, mm-hmm. it's personal for us because he's Air Force. Yes. And he's one of us, like defenders. We're supposed to defend the Constitution. We're supposed to defend property, people, um, you know, resources. That's our job. And, and this dude so decides to go. Skills. He's yeah. taking skills and then using the. Uh, you know the the committed terrorism and i suppose that's another one of my phobias is because we're so highly trained and proficient at uh neutralizing threats that that we would that veterans military veterans are and i'm sure we are we had this discussion before but it's like mm-hmm. when when you, you keep seeing things like this nature it's I'm, I'm very sure that there's someone in an office who's like yo these guys could be problems and yeah the future um another thing is too just to also touch on this mm-hmm. this shows the racism that's in the military that we've been talking about that people yeah. don't realize they're all patriotic they're and- looking at patriotic and this and that it's like yo america the military is a microcosm of america yeah really break it down so if you got races in America, you're gonna have races in the military. It's real simple. And then that's even uh, again, that's even more of <laughs> he has the skills. He has been trained to fight conventional wars. And now he's taking those skills out and you know, again, they want to incite a civil war. Like that it's in, it's insanity, man. It's really insane. Like, again, the same thing, I'll say the same thing I said on a race war. No one's going to win from that. Like, even if you you emerge from that, and I'm talking to whoever who, who's out there who wants to do this shit, your family members, your friends, people close to you, you're going to lose something. It's going to bite you in ways you couldn't have ever imagined. And um, it's 2020, man. Like, what, what we got to do? Yeah, get these aliens down here for us to uh, all, all come together, man. Like, sounds like it. Like Independence Day had something going on. Somebody asked about that about Independence Day. I guess. Well, let me read this real quick article. We'll talk about this last one, and then I want to ask your opinion on Fourth of July. Um, the department. So this soldier, U.S. soldier charged planning a deadly ambush on his army unit. This happened the 22nd of June, is reported. Planning a murderous ambush on his army unit by sending sensitive details to a white supremacist group in Europe. 
Um, let's see. Charging a private Ethan Melzer, 22 years old, with conspiring and attempting to murder U.S. nationals, conspiring and attempting to murder military service members, providing and attempting to provide material support to terrorists, and conspiring to murder and maim in a foreign country, according to DOJ. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, he was, let's see, a part of, I guess, or liked Nine Angels, an occult-based neo-Nazi white supremacist group. I guess that's who he was influenced by or was enamored with. I'm just looking real quick through this to see, was he actually in it? They didn't give many details of his army service. Mm -hmm. see. Duty. Um, oh, he did join the group. Okay, so the group espoused uh, anti-Semitic and satanic beliefs and admiration for Nazis, Hitler, Islamic jihadists such as Bin Laden. Uh, he deployed October. Saying that they, they're this group supported Bin Laden, like. They're pro Bin Laden and pro Hitler. How are they don't even be in the same room? <laughs> um, let's see. So I'm just trying to see. The group was known as Rapenwaffen Division. I guess that's German. Um, I'm just looking. They referred to a jihadist attack during deployment where they were going to cause a mass casualty event victimizing his fellow service members. Wow. Man, that see. is uh, that's pretty wild. I remember yeah. when was a, uh, maybe it was in Iraq, one of the guys, he was throwing hand grenades into everybody's tents and he killed like a whole squad or something like that. And I was like, that made me really think about the insider threat thing. But this is on a whole nother level coordinating with uh, terrorist groups and, and, and things of that nature. It's like, <laughs> really seems like 2020 is a freaking boss fight. Like everything is just like escalated to the <laughs> next. And like, this is wild. Uh, yeah, once again, military, microcosm. Should, um, you know, typically to deploy, and, and they even do most military jobs, you need a secret clearance. Mm -hmm. You think it would come to the point where you need a top secret clearance because you need to do a further in, a, uh, background check, a, a, uh, a further psych evaluation on, on these people you trust your military members. Like, I don't know. That's going to cost money. And yeah, I was about to say the cost. You know how the government is about cost, but I can say you definitely should do depending on your MOS or your job as a different term depending on what you deal with on a sensitivity level like defenders we're around pretty much stuff you need to worry about yeah, so like from nukes yeah, you know, high class huh? aircraft among other things yeah. like when I was in NATO um, a lot of top secret uh, documents and stuff but I I think you should definitely, before a movement, you should monitor the whole unit's like social media. Obviously, that's where you're gonna find it. Or interview friends or family or stuff. Hey, how they been doing, huh? You got them ghost profiles, you know? Yeah. 
again, it's uh, it's easy to say that, but it's like you talking about there's an article came out that said all these, so many of these cops were in these hate groups on Facebook. And it's like, pretty sure they're probably not using their government name or even their picture, but they're out there, you know, linking like-minded people. But um, yeah. again, it's all coming down to uh, how do you, I don't want to say force, integrity but like I'm thinking right now you and I don't want to say top secret but you gotta do further screening with with a lot of these people but again that that cost money but um Um, maybe there's something that technology can do as far as like do deep a deeper dive onto um, these people and their affiliations but yeah I was gonna say, you know what, probably, and it's gonna sound, I don't know how it's gonna sound, I'm gonna say it. Really, it stems from education, just growing up in America, I think would really, like, stem out a lot of this crap. Mm. From K through 12, you teach about consent, sexual consent. You teach about um, all of history. Don't leave shit out like teach black history which is american history let's get that clear i was just about to say why don't you just teach history but like keep it like listen we're about to tell you a a, a grueling bloody story but this is what really happened and some of these after effects are still being felt today and we got to make sure we don't perpetuate that by by telling you what's going on and, and things of that nature and i get the education system can do one thing but in the home, racism in the home, that's where it starts. And it's like, hold up. But this is the part out this. That's why I was tying that together okay. because if parents, so say a generation's under us, right? The education system totally changes. They talk about prostitution as a normal part of society because upgrade America pushed all these policies to make our country better. But if you incorporate, say, sex education from K-12, history K-12, um, all these concepts we've been talking about, civics, bring that back, debate, bring that back, how to be Race, civil. Relations. I don't know, maybe exactly. that as well, diversity. Um, exactly. So if you incorporate this K-12, Mm-hmm. And the parents already had this instilled in them. What are they going to teach at home? They're going to teach what they had instilled with them. And that's the point that I was kind of, to a degree. Parents don't have it instilled in them. Still a uh, generation of racists today, you know? And they yeah. have little kids and say niggers and, and racial slurs, you know, in the home. And then, you know, I, I don't know. But um, education, yeah, definitely think so. You're molding the minds of people when they're younger, you know. Um, and travel, travel is another thing. Cultural experiences and travel. Well, COVID permitting. Yeah. I'm just saying in the future, like we need more of that incorporated in education too. Education is not just. We already talked about how outdated it is. So, so we this, need. And I okay, and I go ahead. Let's stay on on the education topic, but like. How it is now? The online program, it sucks. The kids hate it. You know, it's, it, it sucks. But say you streamlined it and you enhanced it. And because it's digital, you can distribute it across the nation. Like, 
would that be an equalizer in terms of education? Where you have like, you know, a lot of white schools, predominantly white schools, where they're having a better education system as opposed to more of the inner city schools that are predominantly black. With a streamlined education platform, including all of the, uh, the course works that you mentioned before, how do you think that would equalize uh, education in America? It, it would definitely help. My question is, would the white teachers or the teachers in those predominantly white areas honestly teach it? Is the question. Would they actually teach it? No, no, no. So, um, did you go, when you went to DeVry, did you go full-time, like, on course, or did you do any online ones? I did all on campus except mm-hmm. my senior project. Everything, I, all I, that was online. So it was like, huh? I, um, I did the blended one, meaning I took yeah, some, yeah. some courses on site, and then I took some classes, like, exclusively online. But I like concept because it's like you have a lecture right it's called an hour-long lecture pre-record no i'm sorry you can watch it live but they record it and watch it later so it's like this teacher essentially could lecture to thousands if not millions of students you know and then let's just say you and they're all getting the same lecture but then you have sub teachers who could be like yo you got questions follow up blah 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 things of that nature, but everyone's getting the same message. Like, everyone's being taught the same. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, we, we talk about equality, and, you know, equality is a lie. Like, we aren't born equal. Some people are smaller. Some people are bigger. Some people are taller. Some people are smarter. Some people have more born into wealth. Like, we're not born equal. But I think it is the duty of government to facilitate equality by changing the system to to where it, it helps everyone and as you mentioned education is the foundation and if we can uh, instill that across the board like maybe the next generation won't be uh, as bad as ours yeah um i agree with you like if we had some kind of standard to where it is locked in to where you can't manipulate or not do your job teaching mm-hmm. this new curriculum, like some kind of, I don't know, failsafe or something where everybody gets the standard. I would agree with you then that would be more effective than leaving it in the hands of the school districts of more affluent places or, cause are they really gonna be incentivized to teach that when the people funding their education or their situation are wealthy and have say different ideals that don't want to teach everything if that makes sense if you get what i'm saying i I do but i think right now educators are in a position where they're looking at the current covid they're looking at the economy and now they have to really look at the future all that automation and technical crap i've been spewing out from season one and, and and such they have to really look like oh okay so we have to totally reevaluate how we're going to teach our kids and our expectations for them in the future. Because mm-hmm. like, okay, we're just gonna shuffle them through this this little uh, education system. And then when they get out, they're gonna punch the clock and do bullshit. Like we're deviating from uh, from that society. We covered that, uh, what was it? Episode? A couple episodes. 
yeah, so we're deviating from that, and yeah. I think we need to reevaluate that as well. Um, and you're not going to have just one teacher teaching millions of kids. You have one person doing the main lecture, and then you have other teachers who are like supporting, helping, assisting. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's my idea. Throwing that out there. Um, uh, just to throw this out there, too, that basically black folks are everywhere white folks are so rural areas not mm -hmm. to just keep us in the cities suburbs we're everywhere just yes, to throw that out just so people don't just always automatically think inner city no white people live in inner city black people everybody oh, but yes, we're we live everywhere i just wanted to throw that out there but um my last question closing question and thoughts um how did you feel about fourth of july this year with all that's going on, the social climate, how did you feel about celebrating Independence Day? Or what are your thoughts on Independence well, Day? I had this question posed to me by a friend. Wow, um, to answer that, I will always uh, love America. That's my birthplace. And mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, we are the spotlights on and we see we have a lot of room for improvement. I don't wanna say I've been in denial like for many years and just like, yeah, whatever. But just this 4th of July, with all the events that's going on, it really made me like, fuck your fireworks. Like, why why am I celebrating this hypocrisy? You know, and it's like, we can't celebrate until we have equality, until we have justice. And so it's just like, Thank you. Like, thank you for, for for the day off because you know it was observed on the third. But I'm like, I I, I feel it, it's a false narrative. Uh, Frederick Douglass, what he say? What is Fourth of July to the slave? And uh, James Earl Jones, he did the reading of that. It was phenomenal. But mm -hmm. I feel like that. I, I feel like that. Like, what is? Uh, it's we're looking at it right now as, as America is a stillborn child. It, it was mm. death upon conception, like all, all men and women. Oh no, yeah, say that properly. All men are created equal, except for black people, and we don't care too much about women either. That's so hypocritical. How dare you say that? George Washington fighting for freedom. All these men fighting for freedom are only slaves. Like all of this is just processing, and it's like. Shame on, on, on my generation, shame on me for just like letting that shit ride and sink in. Like, oh, good old glory, fine flag. While we still have much work to do. Like I so said, I love this place. And as, the great thing about America is, I don't want to say it's for sale, but it's up for grabs. Like if people, uh, in theory, if everyone came together, democratically and they elected officials they could change the rules they could take power see these 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 popular parties they figure that shit out like it, it's it's all about power man and they maintain maintain that and they can you blame them if you built the system if if black people built the system would we not built it for our bent to benefit us if black people made the laws would we not build it to uh and I'm not saying too that we would exploit it and, and, and segregate and do it, but will we not? You're making you're playing. It's a game. At the end of the day, you're making the rules of the game. Would you not make those rules to benefit yourselves and your friends and family? And 
we sat out of that process. Not us particularly, but our ancestors and other people, we, we tried to get into that game. People have tried, black people have tried to get into politics. I'm really not mentioning too much about Barack or Obama because again, he's still siding with the popular party and you have to deal with popular party agendas. Malcolm X said like, don't be satisfied, I'm paraphrasing. He said, don't be satisfied with symbolic victories. And while I did celebrate Barack Obama, I consider him very much a symbolic victory. Like, um, not too much has been changed for, for the black community. I'm ranted on long enough about my 4th of July. I wore black and I, I said, fuck the fireworks. I stayed in and I took that threat seriously, you know, about what's going on. And right now I'm looking at it like, I love your potential, America. I really do. And um, but at the same time, I cannot in, in, in good taste sit here and be like, like everything's hunky-dory. But what about you, man? Yeah, bro, you nailed it. So once again, I don't have really much to add to it. Like, I just, the one thing that kind of hurt was I was sitting here thinking about it. It's like, yo, we went to war. We sacrificed. I remember being active duty and, like, all patriotic. It was flowing through me. And I remember the last year I was in, how I was enlightened to what I was a part of. Hmm. Um as a cog in the military industrial complex. Now you said uh, last year, when did you get out again? Uh, 2008. And what, how did you achieve this enlightenment? Just after Afghanistan, at mm. the Kabul, came back before and after, before I already had a seed in my head, like, all right, mm. like, you know, mm, and we discussed this on what, I forgot what episode it was, but, after I really had like an eye-opening like moment, epiphany of enlightenment, like, mm, what I'm doing is not right. I don't agree with this anymore. I don't feel right. Spirit don't feel right. That's why I got out. Um, I could have enlisted. I could have re-enlisted. I made staff. I made uh-huh. E5. I had an assignment to Buckley, Colorado would have been where I would have went next. I would have been basically like a flight chief there because it's so small. That's nice. Um, and I thought about said no, like I'm disenchanted. I'm done mentally. I'm out. I'm checked out. I, I totally understand the feeling and, and going to Iraq that opened a lot. That opened my eyes as well. Talking to interpreters, you know, going outside the wire with them and just asking their viewpoint on them, like, how do they really feel about it? Like, oh, they freaking hate you here. It's a military occupation. Talking to commanders, like, so about that yellow cake uranium that we didn't find, you know, and just trying to get. I couldn't get any straight answers to why we were in Iraq. And then it's just like the only answer that I could get. KBR, Halliburton, uh, the military industrial complex, all this money, uh, learned that what? $12 billion a day was being spent for the Iraq war, you know? And then I was just like, it all made sense. And I'm like, here I am risking life, limb, insanity. And, uh, you know, for pennies, granted it's off the books, it's tax free. And these contractors are fixing air conditioners, making $14,000 a month. Not even fixing air conditioners, just supervising the third country uh, nationals that 
that are doing it. I'm like, oh, there's a great bit of money to be made in these conflicts. And, and that, it, it came to understanding with that, but it's like, I agree about the whole, <sighs> I, I, I learned this, like we, we were taught through history that it's all just every single war. It was just, it was just, it was just, we're doing a good thing. We're doing a good thing from civil war being about the abolishment of slavery to, you know, why I don't recall why we got into World War One again, Lusitania, I believe, is like, yes, like that. Some ship well, got bombed or something. Like, oh, we're jumping in. Lusitania. It was that something ship like that. That was going across the Atlantic, and then they said it may have exploded, not from torpedo, but from like, um, like a powder explosion, like things that were improperly stored. But anyways, like. You learn about all this and you think, yeah, we're good guys, all these just wars, all these just wars, and then it's like, it's more complicated than that, to say the least. But right now, like I said, I think I will remain a patriot. I, I will de- defend the, the Constitution uh, against all, you know, enemies, foreign and, and domestic, and the ideal of, um, I, I, I will defend the ideal and the potential of America. She has not yet achieved it, but I still believe she has the aptitude. Well said, sir. That's all I got. Anything else? Yo, this was it, man. Yo, this was a very, um, pardon my ranting in the beginning. I still not like Ku Klux Klan. But, like, um, this was a very... And of the alt-right organizations, we including all y'all. It's not just them, just so you know. Go ahead. Sorry. Let's just leave it at a racist scum. That's how I like the umbrella. Yeah. But um, I we we addressed that, but overall it flowed pretty cool, and you know I think it was pretty informative. I enjoyed it, man. Bro. Yeah. Be safe out okay. there. I know you in one of them hot states that they said was on on alert. So be safe <laughs> out there and um, keep that thing ready and. You know it. Stick to your general orders and, you know, <laughs> check personnel and property for what you were responsible for until properly removed, relieved. <laughs> Don't ask me the other one. <laughs> I remember the third one, call my supervisor in case of... Uh, Yo, you, you remember more shit than I do. I'm laughing because I remember that as you're saying it. So I'm yeah, laughing like, oh, I hate shit. Watching I never heard that. It's all that's ingrained into us. M4, yeah. air cool gas operator show fire weapon with maximum range of 3,600 meters. That maximum area target, 600 meters, 500 meters for points. Like, yeah, all that's ingrained into us. I don't know the 203 in <laughs> so much. Like, my squad, some uh, tell my little fire team, man, you're like, yeah, pull one through that window, right? But you got you got the range yeah. of that thing, but yeah, bro, it's fun. <laughs> It's been it's been yeah. fun. I love the podcast. It's very therapeutic. It's like getting things yeah. off, the and you know, keeping people informed out there. So you got yeah. Uh-huh. Now I'm just impressed that my connection lasted long enough to do this shit. So I'm highly impressed on that. I was like, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh shit, we're still okay. All right. So I think eventually I will invest on something like a mobile internet or whatever to take with me. So I have to, yeah. Mm -hmm. I might, uh, I know your breakfast getting cold. Yeah. 
sister came out earlier, but yo, bro. Enjoy yeah. the, the time with the fam. To all our upgraders, everybody out there, again, be safe, be vigilant, and, and most importantly, be nice. Don't be racist. Like, let's try to be human in it. And let's, let's all try to come together and upgrade America and then the world. That's all I got, bro. Catch you all on the next episode. Peace. Later, Facebook.